0: Hello listeners, welcome to Superstitions, a Spotify original from ParCast, I'm Alastair Murden and this is Season of the Witch, a ParCast Halloween storytelling special. This spooktacular event crosses four different shows. On Haunted Places, we're traveling to blood-soaked sites from the Salem Witch Trials where spectres from America's colonial past refuse to die. On Urban Legends, we're investigating rumors of witchcraft, like a levitation spell practiced by American teenagers for decades. Join us on Tales for grisly stories about witches who steal the hearts of children and devour the living. And here on Superstitions, we've got an original four-part story bringing historical beliefs about witchcraft into the modern day. In our last episode, we covered the witch's mark, a strange blemish that can take many forms, but always says the same thing. This woman is touched by the devil. Today, we're moving on to the creature that feeds on the witch's mark, familiars. They might take the form of innocent pets like cats, dogs, or toads, but familiars are far more than cute little witch's companions. They're demons from hell. And they're here to help witches wreak havoc. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. In a moment, a chihuahua's bite is worse than its bark.
1: That's Science vs. New season out on Spotify soon.
0: Women in Europe and North America were terrorized by witch trials for over 200 years. These trials sought to root out strange, independent women who didn't behave as demure Christian women should. Their crimes could range from seeming antisocial to being a bit too good at the medicinal arts. The thinking went, if they're different, that means they belong to the wrong master. Not God, but Satan. These sorts of women obviously had troubled relationships with the humans in their communities. Perhaps it's no wonder that some of them developed close relationships with animals instead. Except, as the witch trials claimed, any creature who could bear the company of a so-called witch couldn't be a natural God-given animal. It had to be a demon. Picture a witch in your mind. She wouldn't be quite right without her black cat, would she? A toad or crow would also do, perhaps even a newt or hare or owl. Whatever the case, she needs an animal companion, doesn't she? Well, as the law goes, these witch servants are known as familiars, and they're not actually animals at all but demons in disguise. They take on the guise of innocent pets to hide in plain sight. But all the while, their really spirits come up from hell to aid their witch mistresses. They take part in the brewing of potions, the finding of lost things, and all manner of witchy behavior. Witches acquire these devilish helpers a number of different ways. They can be gifted to a witch by Satan himself, passed down from one witch to another, or sometimes they just show up on a woman's doorstep and pick her as their mistress. Regardless, they're tricky, clever, full of ideas, and sometimes they're just the ticket a witch needs to understand her powers and get started using them. Riley jabbed at the elevator's closed-door button furiously, ready to scream. She needed to get out of this building now. Another botched interview. She shouldn't have said what she said about her old boss, but she hadn't expected that question. And then she'd felt all those physical indicators, hands sweating, heart pounding, anxiety spiking. She clenched her teeth when the elevator slowed on the second floor. All she wanted to do was cry, but she had another interview to get to. She did not have time for this. Then a dog walker with four giant dobermans entered the elevator. Oh God, dogs. This day had somehow just gotten worse. She was actually going to pass out. They were sniffing her legs. She clutched the elevator wall. The dog walker looked at her concerned and asked, you alright miss? Riley stared at him, stared down at the dogs, then looked back at him. No! She shouted. As the dog walker's eyes widened in shock at her passion, the elevator doors opened on the ground floor. Riley practically ran out into the lobby, trying to get away from the dogs and the confused dog walker. Unfortunately, disaster struck again. She tripped and landed right in the arms of an old man in a tweed suit. With an angry face, he looked from her, to the Dobermans, to the shrugging dog walker, and then, abruptly, started to chuckle. (laughs) not a dog lover, I take it. Come, there's a little lounge. Sit down for a second. You seem like you need it. Riley looked up at him nervously. She wasn't big on chatting with strangers. She'd been in New York long enough to know better. God, almost ten years now. She was 32, getting old by millennial standards, but she did need to sit down. So, she nodded and let the man take her arm, like something out of an old movie. As he sat her down on the lobby's slick black sofa, he asked kindly, Are you alright? Riley, as usual, felt her mouth opening. Bad day, that's all. Lost my job recently. Again. And now the interviews keep going badly. The man raised a brow. For a second, Riley had a strange feeling that he looked pleased. But when she looked again, he just seemed politely, kindly concerned. Oh dear, I hate to hear that. Maybe I can help. Riley shrugged miserably. I don't really know if there's anything you can do, mister. I just keep sticking my foot in my mouth, she added belatedly. But I do appreciate it anyway. Meanwhile, however, a broad smile spread across the man's face. Don't be so sure. I think I've got just the thing you need, and all it will cost you is your soul. Riley's eyes widened, and a shiver ran down her back. But she gave a flippant little laugh and said, You can have my soul. You can have whatever you want if you help me get a good job, and help me keep it too. The old man grinned that strange grin again. Then he stuck out his hand. Riley noticed an eye tattoo on his wrist. Cool. But it didn't really match the whole old-timey thing. There was something off about this guy. Things just got odder when he grabbed her hand and kissed it. Riley yanked it back belatedly, shocked, as he stood up and gave a parting message. It's a deal, Riley. I promise you good things are coming your way all you have to do now is recognize them then he winked and turned away into the open doors of a waiting elevator as he disappeared riley felt another shiver run down her spine how did he know her name had she told him she didn't think she had but maybe she was just forgetting regardless That was one of the weirdest interactions she'd ever had. She sighed. Maybe it was a sign that she should pull herself together and get to the next interview. She checked the time. Yes, definitely time to go. It was ten whole blocks. She'd only make it if she hurried. Riley rushed down the street. But something else was running behind her. She felt it first, that sense of being followed. Then she heard it. Something was growling, or snarling, like some kind of monster. No, stop it, she told herself, not a monster, don't work yourself up, just pause and look. Abruptly, she stopped, spun on her heel and saw, not a monster, but a chihuahua. Riley yelped, ugh, at least she wasn't seeing things. But another dog? The universe was really pulling out all the stops today. Dogs were a terrible anxiety trigger for her because of, well, she did not have time to think about that right now. She pushed the memory down and kept walking, ignoring the dog. Job. Think about the job. Vanessa. That was the interviewer's name. She just had to be normal, polite. She was overqualified for this assistant job, but it was a good company. And she liked the idea of working for a powerful woman. If she got the job, maybe she could avoid calling her abuela and begging her to find her a husband back in New Jersey. What else could an unemployed 32-year-old do? Overthinking one of her favorite activities successfully distracted Riley for a block or two. But then she had to peek back behind her. She heard something. Not a growl this time, but the soft clink of a dog collar. The Chihuahua was still right behind her, practically on her heels. She sped up, glancing back again and again, and it just kept trotting. It followed her all the way to the front of the building, 180 Broadway. This was it. But this dog was glued to her. Riley stopped, stared at it. Would it follow her into the building? She spun around and bumped right into Vanessa. Meanwhile, Vanessa seemed to look right past Riley to the dog. She squealed, knelt down on the pavement and started petting it. It seemed to grin at the attention, immediately licking Vanessa's hands. She laughed. Finally looking up at Riley, she asked, (gasps) Is this your dog? Oh, he's so adorable. Riley, panicking, did what she always did and blurted out what was on her mind. I'm about to interview with you. Vanessa looked confused, glanced at her watch, and then she laughed. Oh oh my god, of course, you're my 11am for the assistant job. She looked at Riley thoughtfully, straightened up, paused for a moment, then shrugged. You know what? Today's a busy day, and I don't have much time for an interview anyway, so I'm going to go with my gut on this one. It's adorable you brought your dog to the interview. The job is yours, if you want it. As Riley stared at her in shock, Vanessa laughed again. (laughs) Now, don't get too excited. I always do a trial week with new assistants. Put you through the ringer a bit, just to see if you vibe with the company. It's fast-paced, but don't worry, it'll be fun. You're a dog person, so I'm sure you'll fit in. The little darling is welcome, of course. With that, she gestured for Riley to follow her into the building. Riley trying to mentally catch up to what just happened, looked down at the dog, then, feeling her breath catch in her throat, she did something she'd never expected to do. She reached down, picked up the dog, and took a look at his collar. Poe, it said. That was it. No address, no phone number. Strange. Okay, Poe, I guess you're mine. For the week, at least. Let's pray I get through it, and you too. She felt her old anxiety mounting, the memories of blood and sinew on the pavement flooding her mind. No, not today. This time would be different. With that, she followed Vanessa into the building. Coming up, Poe proves to be more than an average chihuahua.
1: Since the beginning of time, People have wanted to believe in an afterlife. Hi listeners, I'm Shelby Scott. In Mediums, a new Spotify original from Parcast, I take a closer look at the mortal lives of spiritualists who claim to communicate with the dead, and the scientists who tried to debunk them. This eight-episode series looks at paranormal events proven to be hoaxes, and those which have mystified even the world's greatest skeptics. Mixing history, mystery, and social psychology, mediums ask how these self-proclaimed psychics pulled off the illusion of interacting with the dead, even under a microscope of criticism. Were they all simply peddling parlor tricks, or was there something truly paranormal going on? Break out your Ouija board, dust off your crystal ball, or light some candles, because ParCast is ready to reveal what's really known about the unknown. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Mediums. Summon new episodes every Wednesday, free and only on Spotify.
0: Now, back to the story. Riley had a week-long trial as Vanessa's second assistant. A descriptor Vanessa's first assistant, Lauren, emphasized heavily as she explained the job. You start out by getting coffee, sweetie. Eventually, you'll handle her calendars, her emails sometimes, picking up her laundry. I'm in charge of research briefs for her meetings, the intellectual stuff, none of the menial labor. She looked Riley up and down pointedly and gave a catty smile. Riley felt her mouth opening. Oh, no. For now. Why did she say that? She didn't want to match this girl's bitchiness, but she felt nervous, as usual, and... It was true. She could tell by looking at this girl she could write a better brief. She'd graduated summa cum laude. Smarts had never been her problem. That would be interpersonal relationships, she thought dejectedly, as Lauren gave a barking laugh. (laughs) Okay, babe, if you want to play it like that, don't expect any help from me with anything. Lauren raised a brow and looked at Poe, who was sitting meekly in Riley's arms guess it's just you and your little dog. Then she practically threw Riley a laptop, a keycard, and a notebook and nodded toward a boardroom. Vanessa's in there with all the big wigs. Go take their coffee orders and have fun. With that, she smirked and walked away. Riley felt her anxiety mounting and a strange, wet feeling on her hand. She looked down to see Poe licking her. She held back a shriek, Why was this dog so affectionate with her? But then she noticed what he was licking. It looked like a bruise on the top of her hand, but an old bruise, mottled purple and green, but she hadn't noticed it before. She frowned, pushed away Poe's rabid little tongue and poked it. It didn't hurt the way a normal bruise did. Strange, but far from the strangest part of the day and she couldn't get distracted, she had to get to work. She put Poe on the floor, deposited the laptop and keycard on her new desk, and marched toward the boardroom, notebook in hand. Poe tried to follow her as she approached the door, but she wasn't thinking about him and, failing to notice him at ground level, she shut the door in his face. Riley looked around at the blank, serious faces, eight of them. Vanessa was the only woman, she didn't smile, but okay. This is fine, she thought. This is how people are at fancy companies. Hi, um, I'm just here to take the coffee orders. What can I pick up for you all? Suddenly, the faces flickered with recognition. They started nodding, and then, in what felt like a rapid-fire assembly line, they started talking. Hot coffee, almond, milk, two shots, vanilla, cinnamon, large, caramel, latte, cinnamon, plain black, cold foam, oat milk, mocha latte iced large, dark roast almond milk splash cream. Riley felt her pen start to slip as she scrambled to write down the orders. Her eyes were wide, her heart was palpitating, and then the words just burst out of her. Too fast! Suddenly, all those vague, disinterested eyes were razor-focused on her. Some with embarrassed horror, like Vanessa's. Some with an almost hungry, appalled fascination. Riley wanted to run out the door. She would have a few years ago, but she'd gotten better. So, even as she felt herself flushing, she held her ground. Sorry, no, it's fine. I think, just that last one. Could you repeat? Slowly, as if he was talking to a child, the man in the grey tie repeated, matcha latte, large, almond milk." iced, no sugar." Riley nodded, flushing harder, and turned to go, fumbling with the door handle as she left the room. That was a strike against her in this trial week. Why was she so awkward? And she still had to order the drinks and carry them back. Ugh. She hurried out the door. This time, Poe successfully slipped into the elevator with her. She scooped him up, where he promptly started licking at her hand again. Gross. She put him on the floor. She managed to place the order, nervously reading from her notepad. Success. She got the coffee shop to give her a box to stack her cup holders. Again, success. Relief. Then, she had a moment of inspiration and popped into a bodega. Because maybe Poe was so licky because he was hungry. She got a can of dog food. As she walked back to the office building, she was actually starting to feel competent. She smiled down at Poe, almost wishing she had a free hand to rub his head. Unfortunately, when she arrived at 180 Broadway, she found her problems were just beginning. Outside the door, where she paused and popped open the dog food can, Poe wouldn't eat the food. She couldn't help but think he looked as disgusted by the canned meat as she did. Oh God, what if she couldn't figure out what to feed him? What if he starved and it was all her fault? She scooped up Poe, went back in the building and muttered to him, "You can't be that hungry if you won't eat." But then, things got worse. She walked to the elevator, trying to press the button and realized that she needed a key card to call it, but she'd forgotten her key card upstairs. Sweat. Heartbeat. Breath catching. She couldn't let this ruin everything. She just needed to find the stairs. Vanessa's office was on the 10th floor. She could walk that, no big deal. One flight up, the dog started yapping in her ear. She put down Poe and told him, you can walk yourself if you're going to screech at me. Another flight, now she was sweating. More yaps. A third flight, she was starting to pant and Poe's barks seemed to be getting louder. She wasn't even halfway, she felt on the verge of tears, the noise had to stop. She spun on her heel, unable to control the shout that was coming straight from that little menace of a dog. Which is when she stumbled, tripped, and fell. The coffee spilled. Hot liquid seared her arm. Her shin hit the concrete stair. The dog was suddenly right next to her face. And then, he bit her. Ow! Ow! His sharp little teeth sank into Riley's hand, right on that strange bruise he'd been licking earlier and then stayed there. Maybe this dog hated her after all, and why shouldn't he? What good was she anyway, constantly messing everything up, unable to take care of herself, much less another living creature? At that, Riley let go and sobbed. Except, just as her sobs picked up steam, Poe released her hand. He looked at her, and he talked. Sorry, I got a little carried away. Immediately, Riley's cries went quiet. She stared at Poe, eyes wide. Did you just, did you just talk? Poe looked somehow like he was grinning. (laughs) Sure did, now that I've Fed on your witch's mark, I have my real strength. And we could eventually get this show on the road. Riley kept staring. The only words she could muster was, What? What? I'm here to help you. I'm your familiar. You're a witch. I know because of that mark on your hand. Plus, I feel it in you. The magic. Riley stared in confusion. Poe kept talking you just have to tap into your own strength to get what you want so tell me what do you want Riley looked down at herself and her coffee soaked clothes then up at the talking dog or no the familiar what did she want well to be good at at something to not get in my own way, to not say all the wrong things, to be reliable." Poe came up and licked her hand again, softly this time. Well, that's easy, because you already are that person. I guess I'll just have to help you remember. She appreciated him saying so, but it didn't fix her immediate problem. The spilled drinks and her coffee-soaked clothes. She pointed this out to Poe. He just let out a strange little cackle. <laughs> Not issue, listen up, Lauren keeps a set of spare clothes around the office, I'll find them. Second, there's a coffee shop on the third floor of the building. You go down, place the orders again, and I'll meet you there with the clothes and your key card. Riley was shocked. Not only could this thing talk, it came up with a solution to her problems in less than a minute. He somehow got her the outfit and she refilled the coffee orders in no time. Soon, they were back in the office. Lauren was appalled when she saw Riley in her outfit. However, she didn't dare make a scene in front of the executives. Everything was going well for Riley, but then she mixed up two of the cups and one of the men snapped at her. For the first time since Poe bit her, she felt her anxiety mounting. Sensing this, Poe licked her ankle. She felt his support, took a deep breath and just nodded, switching the cups and taking a mental note. Avoid this guy. Vanessa gave her a little smile and a tiny, approving nod. By the end of the day, Riley was grinning. Her anxiety was low and she was giving Poe a kiss on the head as they descended the elevator. By the end of the next day, Vanessa had asked her to sit in on some meetings so she could help draft emails. By Thursday, she knew everyone's coffee orders by heart, and Vanessa was patting her on the shoulder, saying, This week has been great. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. There's a job with your name on it. And I'm not just talking second assistant. You have a much better attitude than Lauren. That night, Riley lay in her bed, chattering with Poe about their success all week and about this witch stuff. What exactly does it mean? She asked. Being a witch. He licked her witch's mark and said, To be honest, I'm not sure what powers you have. Every witch is different. Not all of you get familiars, you know, for one thing. At that, Riley smiled shyly. Well, I'm really glad I do. Poe gave a contented, low growl. Almost a purr. Hmm... I've known lots of witches in my time, and I can sense a witch's power. You have lots of it. Riley smiled and closed her eyes. She'd never felt powerful, and she hadn't felt so close to any creature, animal, or human in a long time. Not since Puddles. A little shiver of anxiety ran down her back. Poe noticed the change in her demeanor. He nuzzled her neck and asked softly, what is it? Riley sat up and looked at him seriously. I, I guess I should tell you about Puddles. My last… well, he was a real dog, not a familiar. At least, I think so. Poe sat quietly listening. Riley swallowed and forced herself to keep going. It was sixth grade, I think. My parents left me home alone with him one evening and I just forgot about him, distracted by some boy or homework or who knows what. What I remember though, now I left the kitchen door open. He ran out and then I heard this horrible squeal. She began to cry. The words barely came out. He was hit by a car right outside the house. There was almost nothing left. I'll never forget. I can't forget the, the blood on the street. All these kids came out on their scooters to see, and. and. it was all my fault. With that, she looked at Poe, her round eyes filling up with tears. She was waiting for him to show disgust or to straight up leave. But he just seemed to smile. So. Puddles got puddled, huh? (laughs) Sounds rough. But you can't change your past. She looked at him earnestly. You're not worried I'll hurt you too? He let out a wicked little laugh. (laughs) I'm not just a regular dog. I'm an evil demon. I've been hit by way worse than an Elantra. Finally Riley seemed to exhale her breath and smile. She pulled Poe into a hug. Thank you, she whispered. Laying there together, the pair drifted off to sleep. The last thing Poe whispered was, tomorrow we're gonna knock him dead. In the morning, Riley rolled over in bed and, still half asleep, stuck out her hand for Poe to feed on. Except she didn't feel that now familiar pressure. She sat up, bleary-eyed, and looked around the room, confused. Where was Poe? Not in her bedroom. She scrambled out from under the sheets and checked the living room, then the kitchen. No dice. She called out his name, looked under the bed, in the closet, nowhere. And then she looked at the time. The last day of her trial week. She had to get to the office, but where was Poe? Suddenly. It felt like all the anxiety she'd skirted that week was pouring down over her like an avalanche. What if, somehow, something bad had happened to Poe, like, don't think it, Riley, she told herself, but she couldn't help it, like puddles. For a moment, she felt like a puddle herself, like she'd fall down, screaming and crying on her living room floor, the way she had when she was 12, totally incompetent, but no, Still in her pajamas, frantic, she pulled on her sneakers and raced out her door. She was going to find him, now. She was more than a little 12-year-old girl, like Poe had said. She could be strong and competent. She just had to find Poe. She started by circling the block, nothing. She was scanning the road, looking for signs of roadkill. Nothing there either, thank God, except a squashed pigeon. She kept running. As she did, she started to realize. She seemed able to weave not just through the pedestrians, but through the onslaught of traffic clogging the morning streets too, as if, as if she had the reflexes of a clever little chihuahua herself. Because just as the light in front of her was turning red, on the other side of the street, she saw him. Poe. And a statuesque, beautiful woman with silver blonde hair was bending down and cooing, about to pick him up, and scoop him into her black escalade. No! Riley howled, throwing herself out into traffic, dodging as motorcyclists cursed and cars honked. But none of that triggered panic. All she felt was drive, to get to Poe, before this woman stole him away. She was getting in the car, Poe in hand. Poe looked like he was squirming. The door was shutting. The engine was revving. And then, Riley was there, throwing herself into the car seat beside the woman and snatching Poe from her hands. That's my dog! She howled as she clutched him to her chest. Poe looked up at her and muttered, I was just going to relieve myself when this witch snatched me up. Suddenly, Riley's adrenaline turned to confusion. Did you say... witch?" The woman beside her laughed. Her voice musical. "'Yes, I'm a witch, darling, just like you. Don't worry. Your little familiar would have been just fine in my care. But really, I wanted you. I knew wherever a familiar was, his witch would follow.' Poe and Riley glanced at each other nervously, but the witch just laughed again. "'Oh, don't be all high-stress.' I thought we were working on that. Here, look, I've even given you a ride back to your house. Suddenly, the car stopped abruptly. Riley peered out the window. It was true. They were in front of her house. The witch almost purred now. All I want is to give you this. She handed Riley an ivory card. An address and the letters... CVN were embossed on the front in green. It's an invitation to my coven gathering this weekend, it's upstate, it'll be fun and bring the demon. Riley looked at Poe again. He still looked uncomfortable, but he gave a tiny nod. Riley turned back to the witch and now she nodded. With that, the witch grinned and exclaimed, delightful. I'll see you there. In the meantime, clock is ticking. Off you go. Time to get dressed and to work, little miss corporate. I do love a go-getter. A little bird told me there's a first assistant job with your name on it at the office. Apparently a Lauren left the building with a cardboard box this morning. That drive will serve you well this weekend too. Different things to fight for, of course, but a little ambition never hurt a witch. During the era of witch trials, many women paid a hefty price for close relationships with animals. Like the witch's mark, a beloved pet was often used to help justify accusations of witchcraft even when there was nothing visibly magic about the creature. Fear of demons led to the prosecution of suspected familiars too, like the two dogs put to death during the salem witch trials there's also a legend that says in europe in the middle ages multitudes of cats were massacred for their suspected affiliation with the devil which by extension helped the rodent population boom along with the fleas that lived on their bodies the fleas that then spread the black plague which ultimately caused between 75 and 200 million deaths in Eurasia and North Africa. The Black Death remains one of the most fatal diseases in all of human history. If witchy little pets were demons from hell, that would make a very good revenge. However, this legend is likely not true. There was no real evidence of a large-scale medieval cat massacre, despite persistent suspicions that felines were affiliated with the devil. Still, the story serves as a reminder that animals can play a powerful role in the human world, whether they are pandemic-causing demons or beloved anxiety-quelling pets. The relationships they forge with their mistresses are powerful things, not unlike... A witch's broomstick. Next week, we'll dive into the superstitions around that storied tool and fly off into a realm of psychedelic spells. Thanks again for listening to Superstitions. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the entire Season of the Witch special with new episodes released every week this month. For more, follow Haunted Places and Tales on Spotify. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Superstitions was written by Nora Patel, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher and Greg Castro, fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden.
1: Hi, I'm Shelby Scott, host of Mediums, a new Spotify original from ParCast. You can join me Wednesdays as I dive into the world of spiritualism and the women that defined it. We'll explore everything from obvious con artists to 150-year-old mysteries. It'll be a fascinating journey, so be sure to follow my new podcast, Mediums, free and only on Spotify.